0: GM. Good morning. Okay, perfect. Good, good, good. Nice. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Um, Happy to see everybody here on their Sunday morning. Uh, We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff today on our agenda. We have Hardcore, who has... uh, you know, he's, he's put in a lot of work to get this Miro board uh, together for us. So I'm going to share that with you so you can follow along if you'd like. Uh, he's, yeah, GM, everybody. So I, I put the Miro board in the DAO meetings chat. Um, that's where we'll be holding most of our conversation today. And um, you can also follow along for anybody who's spectating uh, on my YouTube channel or on Twitter, Avogadro Pacific Chapter. Um, So for today's agenda, if we head over to the Miro board. Actually, I want to see who else is in the audience. We have um, have an extensive document that was put together by uh, Notorious BTC and Mikey J. And they're working together on a harvester model, which I think will be interesting. There is a here. I'm going to pop the link down that for that document. It's a pretty good read. Uh, definitely check it out. It's a Dropbox. Get that. Oh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Anthony Zombie Shepherd for uh, streaming and recording this as well. Uh, okay, so I got that. That's Avogadro optimization. And so we'll head over um, to the board. Okay. So, hey, we got- GM, guys. oh, Jim, GM. Jim. GM. Um, we got a number of things on our board. This morning, uh, we got some we got some old business that we can cover quickly before we um, before we get into it. Um, one of the old old uh, business that we've been discussing the last couple of weeks is this uh, harvester reservoir uh, model making. So um, I know Notorious BTC has been up here talking about it. If he is in the audience, um, you know I welcome you up here. We can continue to discuss that. Um, Maybe see if we can get some consensus around that Uh, because also I think alternative, I don't know if it was alternatively or additionally to this model, someone has suggested uh, splitting the mechanic between the reservoir and harvester. Um, Maybe we can touch on how that affects it, how that plays a part in it. Um, uh, Otherwise, I've got Mikey J in the audience. Um, Coder Dan, if you can uh, let him up on stage. And I see if you go to the Miro board, um, the Mikey J's model has been laid out there for you guys to have a look at, um, because the document is quite extensive. Uh, I read the the short version, admittedly, um, but the the charts and the visuals, I, I do appreciate that. I'm sure a lot of you others will appreciate that as well. Um, good morning. Good morning. Hey, happy.
1: hey. Um, yeah, so Notorious wasn't able to be here this week, um, but we did make some progress in terms of getting this, uh, simulation together in code. Um, so far we've just begun to simulate the current rules as they currently exist. Um, now that the simulation's built, it's pretty trivial for us to just sort of change variables in terms of different rules that people have suggested and kind of see how that changes the outputs. Uh, for anyone who hasn't had a chance, I posted it last night. Uh, but for anyone who hasn't had a chance to look at this, I encourage you to go over to GitHub, look at the README, see how the kind of, this is a quick page about how this simulation works. Uh, but essentially what we have and what we're sort of starting with is two scenarios that Notorious BDC had outlined previously. Uh, one is a player who tends to craft new level one harvesters uh, and expand outwards. I call that kind of the horizontal method of building. Or in these charts, it's called the, uh, the expandor. Uh, and then the other style of player would be an, uh, the upgradeor, or what I call the vertical build out, meaning that you would build a smaller number of higher level harvesters. And one of the concerns Notorious brought up originally was the balance between the low level and high level harvesters. Um, so uh, we've got some initial output from the simulation. It's only a 200 day output um, because I need to make a little adjustments to the um, strategies of the two players in terms of how they play late in the game, which I just finished up this morning. Um, but you can kind of I at least just wanted to kind of give the community a sense of, you know, what some of the initial results were looking like. If you really want to dive into the numbers in the GitHub and the results folder, you can see the full CSV with just about everything the script tracks uh, moment to moment. But the, the charts give you the broad overview of where it's at currently. Uh, I think so far we're we're seeing the patterns sort of play out in terms of what we thought between the two strategies. Um, But I think we'll need to look at, um, let the simulation run for, um, you know, the full uh, two or three acts to really get a sense of, you know, where the crossover is in terms of, you know, how long it takes for the upgrade ore to kind of surpass the expand ore. And we also still need to, Look at some more edge case strategies, like what happens if the expandor just stops at level one? Um, you know, how does that affect their overall earnings? Uh, right now, it's assuming that they're just going to kind of keep building, and when they run out of harvester space, they're going to just keep upgrading their harvesters. But I think it's worth looking at edge cases where someone might just stop at level one uh, and just kind of collect the level one earnings, and how does that impact their earnings? So, uh, our plan in the coming week is to look at all of those. Um, you know, different use cases. We could also, you know, right now these, these are assuming spacious parcels, but we can certainly just run the simulation with different parcel sizes. Um, So we have a lot of variables to crunch. And I think Notorious BTC and I just need to uh, narrow down which variables are most effective to kind of compare uh, and do, uh, and kind of get together a, a concise analysis for the community of some different scenarios. So that's pretty much where we're at. I'm happy to answer any questions about the simulation or how it's going, but that's that's pretty much where on am at.
0: That's really interesting, and uh, really appreciate the work you guys are putting in. Uh, I'm just reading. I'm reading some of the additional um, notes that Hardcore has put on the mirror board here. Uh, you have three archetypes. Do you want to maybe um, like touch on those and how those would play into the expandor and uh, the the other the other one that you just mentioned?
1: Yeah, uh, let me get those archetypes up yeah so the small partner, um,
0: Empire builder and the degen Speculator,
1: yeah, so the thing about the archetypes is the archetypes, the strategy they would use in terms, like I could see either those archetypes might be an expandor or an upgrade or depending upon the rule set. Um, right now, I would say it is looking like, and again, I want to just say these are very, you know early stage results. Um, but it's looking like. Actually, most of these players would probably use the same strategy, which is the Expandor strategy. Um, They would just do it differently in terms of how they allocate their capital. Um, The Humble Farmer is a strategy which is more based around having sort of more limited resources at the beginning and looking at a player who, which is honestly, you know, where 99% of players are, which is, hey, I have a certain amount I can invest in this. Uh, At some point, I'm going to exhaust that. and I'm going to have to wait for income to reinvest. Um, these simulations we're running now, um, again, we can, we can configure this in any way, but just to kind of limit the different, different variables in scope, uh, it just assumes that these bots, they start with pretty much unlimited funds, um, just so that we can compare the two on an even keel. But ultimately, in a final report, we would look at someone who has more limited funds, like the humble farmer, um, and just kind of see what their progress would look like throughout the course of the game. Um, so, yeah, if that makes sense,
0: yeah, for sure. um, yeah, I'm actually just looking at the charts here for the expander and the upgrader, so, if you guys want uh a visual of what he's talking about, uh head over to that mirror board It has it all um uh, displayed out, so you actually can understand um what's what's going on here. um the document is is quite long, but i uh, i'm gonna I'm gonna have a crack at it and actually try and read the whole thing the the short form was actually really interesting. Um, I'm just reading this part about bots here where it mentions all the roles the bots can do. And uh, I think that's also um, something to definitely take into account while probably this model is being built. So it's good that you guys are thinking about that.
1: Yeah. And if, uh, if anyone thinks of different, you know, bot edge use case strategies, I mean, obviously we can fill in any number of strategies, but we're also trying to limit the number of variables so that. You know, the data is sort of digestible if we start having bots with like 20 different strategies across three different parcel sizes across four different rule sets, it's just going to turn into a nightmare. But if anyone thinks there's certain edge cases, we should be taking into account. uh, By all means, let me know. um, And we can create bots with those rules. And then in terms of, um, you know, next steps, what we're going to do is then tweak the rules of the game a little bit in terms of some of the things that have been suggested in terms of uh, changing. The harvester crafting recipes, or um, putting spill on the harvesters instead of the reservoirs, or limiting the number of harvesters per reservoir. Some of the idea, some of the more prevalent ideas that have been proposed that seem like they would be technically feasible. So, uh, if anyone is concerned about getting you know any any one particular idea looked at that I haven't mentioned, um, you know, just let me know and and we'll see if we can work that into the simulation as well.
0: Okay. Um, and so my question is, um, with this model, once it's, you know, refined, uh, finalized, it's fully functional, is this model more a tool to inform PixelCraft as we're developing the Gachiverse Or is this something that we need to implement before the harvesters even get released? Because I imagine this probably has implications on uh, supply and, uh, you know, how, how people are going to approach strategy.
1: Or is this more to inform PixelCraft as we move forward? Uh, I mean, I think it serves both use cases, right? I mean, I think the, the model is flexible moving forward. So if some harvesting rule change is proposed six months or a year from now, this is something we can go back to and adjust the model and, you know, see what the output is. Um, so it's to help really inform. I mean, I know PixoCraft has their own um, simulation in-house, um, Coderdan has mentioned, but this is, you know, good for the DAO to, to have uh, for now and for the future. Um, so the hope is that it'll help, you know, again, because there have been proposed changes, harvesting changes thrown around in the in the Dow forum, this is a good way for us just to like look at you know what those would actually mean for the game uh, as a whole. So Okay, good
0: to know. Good to know. Um, I know there was an uh, I don't know if this was alternatively mentioned or additionally mentioned. Um, but the uh, the split mechanic between the reservoir and the harvester. So I believe right now uh, the spill radius and the spill rates only attach to one structure. And I think it's been suggested. I don't know if this directly ties in with the modeling that you're doing, but it's been suggested that these two be split between the reservoir and the harvester. Anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was a discussion last week that was kind of loosely tied to this.
1: Yeah, the model does take into account... So the model basically assumes you lose all spillover, um, only because there's just no way to really accurately model how much spillover someone's going to be able to pick up themselves. So the radius doesn't really matter. Um, but the uh, the the spillover rate does matter. Uh, we don't currently... We don't have spillover rates published yet for the reservoirs. So uh, I am just using the same rates as the alters, which... Probably won't be accurate to whatever's released, but it, it gives us a good starting point. So um, that's where we're that's where we're at with that. But the radius wouldn't impact the model, just the just whatever the spillover rate for harvesters ends up being, or reservoirs okay. rather. Yeah, and the model right. can can certainly put the um, spillover based on the harvester level rather than the uh, reservoir level. So that's that'll be something we'll model out
0: yeah, excellent. That gives me a really good idea. Um, does anybody in the discussion uh, have any questions in regards to the model? Um, I'll take questions from the from the chat if you guys have anything specific. Uh, but I think we've I think we've gone over this as it's being developed, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the final product. Uh, you know it's gonna, like you said, it's gonna really, be a great tool for the DAO to use to inform some decision making and, and you know some discussion around specifically harvesters and Alchemica harvesting. Um, do you have anything else um, in regards to your model? I just wanted to make sure we touch on it for today and, and maybe get an update, which was great.
1: Yeah, no, no, I appreciate the opportunity to just give a progress update. And uh, we should have a lot more to share uh, next week uh, notorious BTC will be back on the grid and uh, I'll be working with him this week and on the final, the final report. Okay. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Thank you Thank for you. that.
1: Thanks. Um,
0: so we I'm uh, um, moving on to the next thing. Uh, do we have Thunderfish in the house? Do I see him? Let me see if he's in the, cause I know he was talking about uh, wearables related discussion and i think specifically pertaining to uh fixing one of the one of the wearables um well i think it was more than one of the wearables but the link suit i believe he wanted to address that but if he's not in here we'll we'll take that up next week when he's in here yeah i don't, I don't see him but so so i guess we'll move on to the next item uh, which is estates um linked to the altar level versus a lodge and um, maybe coder dan i wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this this is something that um people were i guess discussing um having the having the estate linked to the altar level because it makes sense while while you're expanding out your your land parcels. If anybody has more um, background on this discussion, I'd love to get you up on stage.
2: Yeah, I've seen there's a, quite a uh, discussion in the Dow Discussion Channel about this. Um, we initially put it as the lodge because we always, we've always we kind of thought of the as being um, kind of they're not you're not going to be linking like one or two parcels you're probably going to want to have several parcels linked together and the mindset for that was kind of that guilds would want to invest heavily into estates because as they level up their guild channeling gets more powerful uh, they would be able to limit their spillover to a smaller radius and they would want to have a larger space to channel it within uh, and capture more of the alchemica that spills down from the guild channeling. So that's that's why we limited, that's why we linked it to the guild, uh, the Gachi Lodge, because we've always thought it's more of a a uh, guild-oriented feature. But if the the DAO believes there's a strong reason that it should, you know, this is not saying that it's only for guilds, but it was more kind of, oriented towards them and larger larger like players uh, that want that that are gonna have a lot of bigger parcels. But if people just want to have like one or like if you want to link two parcels next to each other, uh, it does well you could just for first of all, you could just have a level one gachi lodge, right? That way you'd be able to do that pretty easily. And the gachi lodge it's it's not just gonna be for for guilds, it's also gonna be place where you can decorate you can have hangouts in there um it'll be a very social space, so it's probably it's it's probably something that people are gonna wanna get anyway on their parcel they might not wanna level it up all the way, but it's it, I don't see it being a huge deterrent to having like a couple parcels linked together so i'm I'm curious what the uh what the use case like what what's the reasoning for wanting to switch it to the alter model. I'm reading here what hard work yeah, um,
0: yeah, he's put the he's put the price up for the L1 Lodge is about eleven thousand FUDs, so 160 ghost. Um I guess he makes a good point about you know, the interparcel space in a humble estate is is quite a bit. Um which you know, if you walled it in, I guess would make for, make for a pretty good net. If mm-hmm. you have a busy area, you know, he's uh, yeah, thirty three percent of the estate would be free interparcel land. Um, I guess, in, in my opinion, you know what you're saying doesn't make sense. Where the the lodge should be tied to estates. Um, because I guess it is more for guilds, but I think the argument for having an altar would maybe be it's more favoring individuals who might want to link only a couple parcels together, maybe not like a whole bunch of them. You know, a couple humbles. Uh, maybe you link like six or seven humble parcels together uh, and have a little mini estate. You know.
2: So I mean, what's the problem we're trying to solve with this? This. Uh modification here is it we're trying to save players money basically or uh is is that the main the main reason
0: well i guess to make the the make to make the uh uh, the state feature more obtainable i guess for someone who might not want to upgrade their their lodge to high level so they can link more humble parcels together for example
2: Yeah, I mean the other way to do that would be to say right now I think it's every level gives you one more parcel that you can link. Maybe that's uh too stingy, maybe it needs to be two per per parcel. Uh two two parcels per level with the guild. I mean that would be another way to go about solving this problem. Uh, cuz with the altar it's a little bit count tricky because I mean I think a lot of people are going to have a level four to five altar. And so that would basically mean they're they're able to create an estate by default with, uh, without any extra work. So I mean, maybe that's maybe that's what the community wants. Uh, our, our our perspective on that is a guild is kind of an extra feature, and so there's a little bit of a an investment to get that feature in in getting the guild. Maybe the so, so maybe if if it's we we're, we're only trying to link like three, two or three parcels, maybe just having a level two gotchy Lodge can accomplish that that purpose. Maybe like i am my meaning is maybe we're too stingy on the number of parcels that can be linked
0: yeah, and I mean, that's basically it's the obtainability issue. I think maybe for people who are thinking of linking their couple humbles together to make a mini estate for whatever strategic reason, you know, in my mind right now, I can think of, you know, buying four to six humble parcels in district one or district two and walling them in and then capturing the spilled loose alchemica um, on there, or maybe even, you know, having uh, a reservoir build on one and then having humble or a harvester build on the other. Um, And then you can just do a batch claim, or, you know, there's like some strategic reasons, I guess, around doing that. Uh, I think other options, uh, hardcore just mentioned here, you can consider a humble to be 132, like, you know, the fraction 132nd of a parcel for linking purposes. Um, And then number two, the altar could be a gate for the humble and reasonable, same code. But call it a gated community. <laughs> yeah, um, those are some things to consider, I guess, um, in terms of how it could be approached. Um, like, what are the what are thoughts around what Coder Dan was saying about just increasing the number that each got, each lodge would allow? So, level one would allow, you know, maybe a couple more humbles or a couple humbles compared to just a single. Yeah. You see what people think. <clears throat> um, what are some of the other benefits to having um, an estate, you know, besides the actual space factor of it? I know, I know somebody had said visibility, but what are you guys uh, – or I think it was written somewhere in one of the chapters that it would allow for visibility. In what sense would it allow for visibility? Just because of the size, like if it's all walled in kind of thing?
2: Yeah, it's, just, it's more of like a yeah. okay. uh, scene. Uh, we will – there's no benefits that are currently being considered that are not in the Gachi verse Bible at this moment, so um, what's there is basically the benefits that benefits that we are planning to to allocate. um, I think the the biggest benefit is just being able to wall off space because the Gachi verse is built on this idea that when you channel some of your channeling is gonna spill over to the nearby people that's going to enrich them. So if you're planning to build an estate and wall it off, yeah, you're capturing more for yourself, the people near you are going to be capturing less. So uh, it is it you know, it's a a bit selfish to do that, and which is fine. That's it's it's perfectly rational to do that. Um and that's part of the game. So that and that works for alchemical channeling. Like once you've gotten to a level, if you have a level nine altar and you have a big, big estate, you're basically going to capture hundred percent of the alchemica that is going from your, from your uh, altar. And your altar can channel once every twenty four, uh, once every hour. So that's twenty four channelings that can happen in that walled off estate. So to me it just seems like there should be a cost for that kind of selfish behavior. And it's, this is, again, this is not saying selfish behavior is bad. It's just there should be a play play cost that is uh, added on for, for doing that in my opinion.
0: Uh, Okay. Because it is, I guess uh, not going against, but it's a little bit different from the general idea of, um, channeling uh, and spillover is that everybody's sharing it with everybody else. So if you're going to be the guy who wants to keep it all to himself, yeah. then that's fine. But you're going to have to pay the ape tax on that, I guess, is the way you guys look at it. Pretty much. Yeah, uh, and, Dr. And again, makes a, I was just going to say Dr. Dr. Wegmeal yeah. makes a quick, uh, good point
2: forever. So once you oh.
0: go ahead, sorry. I think your audio is a little. Right, I got. I'm
2: on a bad. I'm on a bad Wi-Fi connection here, so I might
0: just. It might be rough. You guys can go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say, Doctor Wagme makes a good point. Um, is it possible to allow varying numbers? For example, a level one lodge could connect sixteen humbles, eight reasonables, but two spacious.
3: Yeah, I mean, that could be easily coded.
2: That would be fairly trivial to code.
0: Okay, yeah, Tommy Gachi also coming in with a suggestion. Lodge level one, eight humbles or two reasonables, no spacious. Level lo- Lodge level two, 16 humbles or four reasonables, one spacious. Lodge level three, 32 humbles or eight reasonables or two spacious. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting, um, and it's good to know that it's possible to code. Like it wouldn't be too much, you know, on mm-hmm. your guys' end. So I like, guess just some things to um, consider there. Uh, I don't have anything significant in terms of land that I'd consider a huge estate. I have a couple humble parcels that are close together, but. Um, I see where you guys are coming from with the estates. Um, I just think, think that
2: like the alchemical channeling is something, and, and guild channeling to some extent, but especially alchemical channeling. If you, it, it's going to pay itself off, probably within a couple months. If you alchem, if you channel every day, and you have level one walls around it, and I mean, I mean, people can still come into your parcel even if you have walls, but it'll uh, so. So there would be a cost to to maintaining those walls, um, but it, it over the long period you would get that back. Even if even if you had your Gachi lodge on uh, on your humble parcel, I mean I've seen people saying that the argument is that a humble parcel can't afford a, a Gachi lodge. Uh, to me, that's a little bit of a weird argument because the idea is that you're not building one. You're not taking into, into account the yield of one parcel on your gachi lodge. You're you're linking multiple parcels, so it, that means you probably have a couple parcels to link. So you're not thinking just about the yield, paying for one got like one level one gachi lodge from one reasonable parcel. So that that it's like the that argument just seems a bit strange to me, and so. For let's see for um well I was saying the alchemical channeling cost, once you've walled that part that that space off, the radius is going to be probably fairly uh, fairly small if you if you linked multiple spaces together that you could have this kind of monopoly on all the alchemical channeling that's coming from uh, that altar.
0: Yeah, that would be like the the end goal for building out an estate. And, you know, that's the strategy around that, to upgrade the altar to that high level, reduce the spillover to the minimum amount, and then expand your area estate to capture the actual small radius that it has. Okay, yeah. I mean, that, that
2: is pretty much the goal, kind of one of the goals of the game. So if we... Keep it to the altar. Uh, like if we if we removed the um, Gachi Lodge prerequisite and said and, and now it's going to be based on the altar, uh, we could. But then uh, we're not. No one's paying for that extra cost of all the alchemical that's going to be going directly to that that player forever. And again, you know, maybe it's not a problem. It's just it just seems like it's a. When we can, when there's a good reason to have players who they want to spend their Alchemica on these kind of things, it's always good for the economy. So it's kind of a situation of, uh, will the players want to do this? And w- like, what is where's the overlap between what's good for the economy and what's good for the players, what their players would want to do?
0: yeah and i mean that's kind of what uh frost corialis um makes a good point the reality is this this is a game that involves real money there are players who want to create an advantage for themselves at the expense of others and players who are more community focused in my opinion pixelcraft is doing a good job finding balance finding the balance between different facets of the player base and i think that's something to consider as well like you said is not everybody is going to be thinking about that. Um, some people are going to be more focused on the lodge as a uh, tool to expand their community or to cr- attract more people for events or w- whatever other functions, community-based functions, the lodge is going to have as well. I think that needs to be taken into account Besides um, besides the besides, aside from the estates as well, which is also an important issue. Um, Dr. Wagney also uh, came uh, follows up with uh, another comment. I think the problem we're addressing is the attractiveness of estate building and thus, thus lodges. I want humble and reasonable owners to feel like it's worth to build and upgrade their estates. So um, I guess this would be like a secondary use case to the main intent of the initial use case, which was for larger guilds to... Uh, wall in large adjacent parcels to reduce and while also reducing spillover. Um, uh, and so like this is what we're talking about is kind of a secondary use for for the main behind the main idea of what these are meant for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess that's not to say that there's we're removing utility from the lodges um, in terms of what they can do. Like, you know, the state building is just a minor part of what the lodge is meant for. Right. It's like one aspect, yeah. it's like one facet of it.
2: Yeah, the lodge is, it's also a very social area. We're, we're planning to add features, uh, lodge chat, showing off various like NFTs within the lodge itself. And I think there's a lot of things that, that can be done with the lodge to make it just a fun social space. So there might, there, there's going to be some incentive to want to have a lodge on your parcel anyway. So there, you really have you have the guild channeling aspect, which is a financial incentive. You have the estate building aspect, which is kind of a mix between social and kind of a, a flex, like flexing off your big parcel. And then you have kind of a pure social, which is like having your buddies over in your guild and chilling in the, inside the guild, showing off your NFTs inside, how, curating that space.
0: okay so i mean what i could see happening is <clears throat> people start building the lodges they see all the utility of it they get really involved with that and maybe they <laughs> maybe some players just don't even care you know with the estate aspect of it if that's just one facet of what the lodge can really do and yeah. it sounds like the other use cases you mentioned are going to be much larger use cases for the lodge um more more relevant to the to the majority of people um and maybe that's the way it was supposed to be from the start.
2: Yeah, if we take away the estate building, I mean uh you're you're going to be left with the guild channeling and then we you're just probably not going to see as many guild uh gachi lodges. That would be one one aspect. You'll you won't see as many and then also the you won't have any sinks from the gachi lodges being built. So that's just a little bit less um, of a sink for the economy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, there was another comment made by Hardcore. Uh, the bubble up solution will probably make it so that trapping alchemic inside your estate is a power mm-hmm. move. And I could see that another, that being another reason for people building the smaller estates. Um, simply for the strategic reason of trying to capture yeah. the bubble-ups.
2: Yeah, I think that's that was an interesting point that he made, yeah.
3: Very, very good point. There's quite an um,
2: extensive...
0: I, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say there's some discussion about having like a different rule set for humbles and reasonables versus spacious. Uh, I, we try to not do that kind of stuff cause it just seems like it's like making the spacious owners, um, a different class of like citizen within the Nagachi verse. I'd prefer if we just have one, one rule set for, for, uh, all types of parcels. Now, however, uh, above, we did mention that maybe a lodge level allows you to link different parcel types. Uh, I think that that would be a little bit different. Like having a lodge level one could be eight humbles or two reasonables or sixteen humbles and four reasonables, one spacious. That would be probably more acceptable than saying uh, an an alt a humble and a reasonable require an altar to create an estate. Whereas now a spacious requires a Gachi Lodge because it's spacious. You guys have more money, so you can afford the Gachi Lodge. That I don't think that would really go over very well.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I like Dr. Wegme's suggestion there with, uh, you know, adding the different um, different quantities for each scale. Um Speaking of speaking of bubble ups, is there? Could we get a little bit more like uh, color or background on, you know, how bubble ups are going to work? Uh, maybe get some more details on that. Um, like, is there going to be a release schedule for when these bubble ups happen? Will it be sporadic, or um, is there like a specific allocation of Alchemica just for bubble ups? Um, are those some of the things you guys have kind of? Um, is there any consensus around any of that stuff?
2: Uh, there is a specific allocation uh, part of the gameplay um, allocation that we have. As far as when and how to use it, uh, there's really we have not really done any research on that on our side yet. There's just been there's too many other f- features that we've been super focused on trying to get. Obviously, this launch uh, done, and then the harvesters, reservoirs. And then the traits, and then finally the gotchi lodge. That's pretty much the order. So um, if the DAO wants to, you know, continue discussing how to how to handle the the uh, bubble ups, the kind of this idea kind of came from the DAO anyway. So I think um, it'd be great if there's more discussion on on where you would like when when uh, what what kind of schedule, and then how much you'd like to. Uh, do it over what kind of time frame um
0: yeah i mean i get i have a little idea around this one game i used to play i can't remember that i think it was albion but basically they had a moon in the game and it was like mm. the the release schedule for the treasure drops were based on like the phases of the moon. Um. Oh, sorry. Just a side comment there. Uh, I see Hardcore has his hand up there for getting on stage. Um, But this game had a uh, mechanic for the phases of the moon. And whenever you would get like a full moon uh, for that couple days, you would have the drops happening. So everybody kind of expected a certain time of the month, there would be like some sort of an event that would be happening. It would never be the exact same days, but it would kind of shift. So maybe like it would shift by like a couple days every month, Um, and then and then people get this opportunity to get all this loot, like and maybe that could really maybe that could really play into the lore of the Gachi verse, like maybe the the you know the Alchemica under the Gachi verse is a little unstable, and like every month or so there's a little bit of underground activity and some of it bubbles up to the surface.
2: Yeah, I think on the last call. Or the last call, or maybe the one before that we discussed like having on-chain events triggers bubble ups. I think that's a pretty fun idea If someone gets liquidated or if there's a big some kind of, some sort of on-chain event that could trigger them, that would be pretty cool. But I do like the event kind of a an event that everyone knows is coming, uh, but it's all it's at the same time or a different time every month. It's also pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I think just some things we can continue to discuss, uh, debate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just at looking this stage my... we're
2: we're mostly focused on kind of lapping up all the alchemica that's coming out, making sure that there's not too much alchemica coming out that's gonna put too much sell pressure on on the price of alchemica. So that's kind of the main priority because if if the coins start going down a lot, then it's gonna Kind of become a death spiral. So p- main priority right now is just to ensure there's there's actually um, more demand than than there is supply for the alchemica. I believe at this point, which is really great. So we want we kind of want to keep it like that until there's uh, until the there's more stuff to spend the alchemica on within the game it becomes more fun. Like there's fun stuff to do that that doesn't isn't yield oriented. It's more fun-oriented. So Axie Infinity is just having this uh, realization now, and it's kind of destroying their game. So we want to make sure that from the beginning, not everything that you can spend your alchemica on is going to be
0: yield-oriented. Yeah, it's like that idea of, I think the way you said it was beveling goods. I guess it's like things that uh, people just hold just to yeah um for just because it's cool to own you know it's like uh a rolex is no different than any other i mean it is in many ways in terms of quality and stuff but there are other watches that come close that are not a rolex that are you know much more affordable uh but you buy rolex for the name because it's like a rolex you know it's kind of like that like a brand um like a flex yeah i mean that's 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 the whole reason behind it. And which has always been a big deal with all these games, right? Like I remember playing a lot of games where uh MMORPG style, where you're grinding it out um for hours and hours, maybe even days, um, uh, for a specific item just so people know you did that for that item. Yeah. Um so we have uh one more th- uh we'll have a couple more things here. Um Land Three. Um, do we know what's like, are we close to fixing like the voting mechanics? I know that's something that we need to, um, get sorted out so we can push the core prop through. Um, but from my understanding, it's pretty much passed, right? Unofficially.
2: Uh, yeah. So let me, let me check the, we did just put the core props out, I believe yesterday. Right. So let's see. I do see if you guys haven't voted already, a 30 and a 29 are both live. Post them here. Definitely go vote. And I believe the voting power. Um, let's see, I'm gonna check my, my DMs here. There's the issue is really the main cause here, I believe is lending because some of these queries for lending are very big, very very big, um, and that's definitely having an issue on some aspects of the snapshot query. I do see there there was a fix of uh, about a couple hours ago that might might have fixed it. I think we were able to clean up the query a little bit, uh, but we should probably check. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on that yet. I do see we are at nine two 2.6 million ghosts. So definitely we're very far away from quorum for either of these AGIPS, which is a little bit... Of, I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. So there's probably still some issue with voting power.
0: Okay. Um, and I mean, I know we're aiming for June, and hopefully we see the outcome, uh, you know, soon within the next week or so. Um, does June still look uh, likely for land three? Do you guys have a estimated uh, like projected date for if this thing does go through, which Mm -hmm. I have a feeling it will, but you know, once it does officially go through, is there a a date already allocated for that in June?
2: Um, I believe it was. So we have the raffle, right? The raffle is going to be the 12th and then I I would expect that the auction will be after that. Probably in the the second half of June. I'm uh, I'm so, a little yeah. I guess I'm a, I'm a little curious about the land. I guess the um the main impetus behind that is now that we un- obviously have too few gotchis to to channel all parcels a, in one 24 hour period. Um, the main impetus with the land, I guess, is people just want to have more land to use with their harvesters and reservoirs.
0: Yeah, from my understanding, um, that was some of the conversation that went around that. Um, also, the fact that I know it had been mentioned that, you know, if we can get a high utilization rate for the current amount of avagachis we have, that there there would be plenty of avagachis to farm additional land. Um, but that's, you know, we still have to see that um, actually materialize. I'm just reading some of the comments here.
2: Yeah, same. Yeah, there's some, uh, let's see, missing voting power for Ghostmatic staked for Glitter. Yeah, all the all the staked Ghost Glitter isn't just, there's so many contracts to add to Snapshot all the time. Um, we have not added the Glitter staking contract yet. So if you have any Ghosts staked in the Glitter staking contract, that has not been added to Snapshot yet that could also partly explain even the even lower voting power that we're seeing.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's, I imagine from your guys' end, it's tricky because, you know, for almost a year and a half or a little over a year and a half, most of the assets were allocated to each player. Um, you know, like everybody had their own gotchis, their own land, their own, uh, their own uh wearables in their wallets and now we see different arrangements happening things are moving around getting staked in pools that haven't been registered yet for yeah and we don't
2: own you know we don't own snapshot so every time we want to do a query like change a query we have to make a pr with them we have to test it they have to test it they have to look at it and then they have to uh merge it into their repo so It just takes time to get that kind of stuff done and there's there's back and forth always with their team um so that's one explanation for why it it does take so long to get these get these things through and then i mean recently we we really thought that the query was working uh this was like last week because it was appearing correct when people clicked the voting mode like when the pop-up it showed you your correct voting power but when you actually submitted the vote, your the voting power went away. So we I'd never seen that issue before, and that that's still kind of I'm very strange. I don't really know why that's happening on their side, but I think we're we're getting close to fixing it. The uh, glitter staking should be fairly easy to handle. Uh, it's just it's another query. And the thing is with with uh, snapshot they have like a timeout for how many queries you can do. So if we, if we have a lot of assets and a lot of queries right now, and if, if it gets too long, we, we, they're just not going to be able to process our queries anymore. And that's, so that, that would mean, we too, you know, it's, we have too much that we're trying to do. Unfortunately. Yeah.
0: It's a lot going, there's a lot going on I'm trying to get it all out. Um, while also having it run smoothly, right? I mean, that's always a, a another challenge as well, to have everything running smooth, um, you know, not lagging. And um, I appreciate the work you guys are putting in. I think everybody does. It's just a matter of getting clarity, which is a great, uh, you know, it's great that we have these meetings to at least know what you guys are doing on the back end there. And I think some of it is out of your hands because you got to deal with snapshots. So Hopefully, you know, now that everything's been rolled out, it can start getting integrated back in.
2: Yep. Yeah, now now we're we're maturing a little bit. There's less new stuff being added, so it'll be a lot easier to start linking the proper contracts up.
0: Yeah, great. Excellent. Um, So we touched on bubble ups. We touched on land estates, level nine model. Um, There's... One here, one thing left on the agenda here, and that is to get some consensus around eyes. It's something that we've been discussing uh, for a couple meetings. And uh, I think the consensus is moving away from utility. And, you know, in the chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're moving away from actual utility or economic incentives given to eyes and moving more towards, again, the the flex. Um, but now we have to come to consensus on what exactly that's going to mean. And, you know, moving forward, if everybody is on the same page with that, um, we can start talking about what exactly is this aesthetic flex going to look like in the Gachaverse. Um, How do we want the eyes represented? Because the one issue I see right now with eyes is they're so beautifully displayed on the UI. Um, right now, when you go to the bazaar or you're going to your wallet, um you know, my gotchis, and you can see them very beautifully displayed. Um, but you can't see that in the gotcha verse when you're zoomed out like fifty x, right? It's like you don't you won't even notice yeah. a double my eyes if it's walking by or whatever. Yeah. So uh, you know that's that's something to address. And also, we could address the fact that when you are covering the eyes, Nobody knows that you. Nobody knows that you have that specific kind of eye. Now, I think a glow would definitely address a lot of that, but we already have that allocated to the collateral types. Um, so I don't know really how we'd be able to work that in, or if there'd be an alternative. Um, and then the thing, the one I thought of, is maybe coordinating the color and font of your text chat with the eye color and eye shape so each eye shape would have its own font each eye color would have its own color and then you would know from the colors and the fonts in the chat um you know um that this guy has this type of eyes i mean that's just my one suggestion i threw out there but i'm I'm curious to know what other people are thinking on this
3: Yeah, I know Hardcore is kind of the lead on the Dow side about
2: this. Yep, here
0: we go. So, yeah, we got some... Last uh, time we
2: talked about kind of like being able to shoot out kind of like a bat signal with your eyes in the shape of the collateral.
0: Oh, yes. That was another one, actually. That's one I didn't mention um, is the the collateral or sorry the eye color being uh associated with the laser color and then maybe the eye shape is associated with the bat signal per se you know that would be really cool it would add some extra life and color to the god too i think but let's see we got some comments here um hardcore we could do the eyes as a layered thing that evolves with time as we find things that they can modify in the verse, we add it as appropriate. Over time, it will grow and end up meaning more and more. Simply doing a cool thing first um, and then promising there's more later is exactly the kind of collector speculation bait that the eyes deserve. I see where he's coming from with that. Um, it's it's just feeding more into the speculation, which is exactly what the the eyes are were from the start, you know, they weren't associated with any of the traits, and they also were not upgradable. So the eye shape and color that you get, that's what you get. Um that stays with your Avogadji for life. And so maybe they can be other things tied to it. Like um I've had this idea of quests. You know, you guys do you guys will eventually be having some sort of quest uh mm-hmm. in-game. And maybe the eye shape and color are also tied to that maybe this could be used as a gating function again to get gachis to work together like maybe you need to have one double myth eyes in your crew to be able to finish this quest um because you need to unlock uh maybe you need to unlock something with your laser eyes and it only works with that one eye shape and type it doesn't have to be double yeah. myth eyes but it could be whatever eye shape and type and you have to go find uh that Gotchie either in the rental gotchi lending and rent one to do your mission, or you could, uh, um, you know, find somebody in your guild that has those eyes. And this is this is very common in other games too, like World of Warcraft, where you need to have a certain player who has uh, specific items to to get into a dungeon, or you know, you need a you need the special key from a different quest. Um, these like gating functions are pretty common in other games and uh, you know, I don't see why we can implement that here too. Yeah. I've been
2: thinking about it a lot. Like what, what other games do? Cause it's like most other games don't have a core feature like eyes. That is something that you can't change forever. Um, like they might have, okay, you're a, you're a barbarian or you're an archer. Or you're, you know, you're a necromancer. But those aren't, they're not flexes, they're just character types. This is a very uh, interesting little mechanic that we have here. It's not a, I can't really think of a lot of precedence for it. Maybe in the games that I've played at least, but it, maybe you guys have, have more ideas for other games that, that have this type of like flex. One game I used to play, that had a baldric. Uh, it's like a, it was like a sash that you had. You would get that sash as you leveled up. Basically, if you like, if you're level ten, you would have like the level ten sash, or level fifty would have like a really nice level fifty sash. But again, that's like linked to the progress of the player itself, not something that
3: you're born with.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see the point. I mean, they, I don't, I don't think there's room for the eye, tr- eye traits to be upgradable because then I think people would be. I think they might get upset if they have specific OPIs, and you know, they're they're not going to be as OP anymore. Um, Prophecy, prophecies posted two images, um, some ideas he has. Mm. Abstract uh, for eye shape. A simple variation in spread adds greater variety and gives options to create an aura. An area of effect, gachis versus single opponent DPS builds. Uh, we can carry on to guide weapon specs. So this is this is tying the eye shape into um, like battle utility, while the lasers and dedicated range weapons. Yeah, so this can help shape newborn gachis and the type of warrior they want to be as they level up. So it's tied to. Again, like type, the player type and battle mechanics, largely it's it's interesting. Um, I don't know if you got to see that, Dan. Um, his, his abstract there, uh, his reasoning is putting beam width on a scale alongside beam duration adds great levels of variety to play style and customization with, with very little adjustment by developers. So, this is playing into like a battle mechanic, but then. I think it's interesting. The only thing I would say is it it adds another layer of um, complexity to the battle mechanics which we don't know yet. Like I really do want to know more about how exactly the meta is going to sh- like form around the battle mechanics before we start adding more battle mechanics to it.
2: Yeah. yeah but I do I think that's a great that. idea. We're we're gonna be having a we have a very very lengthy combat design doc that uh, Neon Kong has been preparing and uh, it's there's definitely a lot more stuff in there that we probably won't end up having uh, but we we're gonna be going over that most likely next week uh, and and kind of confirming the things that we like that is doable on the dev side without without uh, a, a huge amount of work and uh, that the community would like and then. Uh, that'll be in a future chapter of the gotchi first bible that will be open to then to community feedback. So yeah, I, I think we adding more stuff to the battle system at this point really is kind of just gonna complicate things even more. I, I kind of like the aura idea, like being able to switch to a pink or green aura. Um well like being it basically switching from your collateral aura to your eye color aura could could be, you know, nice. Uh might be pretty interesting. Cause an aura is something that's very, very obvious that people can see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of engagement around the eye traits uh discussion. You can definitely tell. A lot of people want to know uh, where this is heading, but I feel like the last couple conversations we've had have moved away from adding direct utility to the eyes. Mm. And I think you made a good point last time around that, yes, you know, adding utility to the eyes may add some economic value to rarer avagachis, to the double myth eyes specifically, and maybe other rare avagachis with. Uh, more scarce eye types, but it may actually add a negative ec- economic value to the vast mm-hmm. majority of Avagachis that have the common or you know less less rare, like uncommon eye shapes and colors.
2: Yeah, and also my my hunch, my intuition on that is it wouldn't just be for the commons; it would actually bring the gut the value of the godlike, just being pure speculation for. For the aesthetics, I think it would actually bring it down a little bit, because you'd say, "Oh, well, now the the godlike eyes give you ten percent extra damage, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna value it ten percent higher than a normal you know gotcha rather than twenty x because they're godlikes." There there might be some reduction in in economic like in the speculation speculative value if you did that, but that's that's I mean, that's my intuition. Uh, I don't know how much it's uh I think we can see from from the NFT space as a whole generally the NFTs that have so-called economic utility as far as they're linked to a token or they uh they have a game like we do if they start out as a no utility token and then they add utility later I generally think it it doesn't really help their economic value they generally they kind of tank after that. I think Cool Cats is a good example that uh, after they added in their game, it seems like the floor price has gone down a lot and and their token's, like, basically dying. Whereas the ones that don't have any utility, the punks, uh, kind of the apes, um, it's the one called, like, Ether Rock. It just seems like, you know, people collect it because they want to collect it and they think they can flip it later. There's no thought about utility, so that just seems to be my observation of the space in in, in whole.
0: Yeah, and I guess some of that uh, is baked into the Avagachi. Then, in terms of the eyes, is you know the the traits themselves, the the four battle traits, they're not speculative. They're very much um, this is what you get. This is what it will do. Uh, as more yeah. information comes out. The eye traits are like, well, what could this be? Right. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't stop another game developer from adding opiness to the eyes in their game, whether it's a mini game or whatever they want to do with it. Um, that could be implemented. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but I guess from Avogadro themselves, it's this uh speculative um, you know, looks rare. Well, it is rare verifiably, but it looks rare um factor. So um, I guess that's one thing to not forget is other game developers, you know, if they are making a mini game, you know, if I was to make a mini game, I'd definitely add some special opness to the double myth eyes or the more rare gachis, maybe they get a special weapon or something. I think that'd be kind of fun. But yeah, that's that's I guess not something you guys want to implement as a core developer of the Avagachi.
2: Yeah, it, if it's linked like to making the gachi super OP just because just from birth, it it seems like that would be it's just I don't know how healthy that would be for the game, like the overall game long term.
0: And I also like that speculative nature. Hardcore makes a good point. We could also just speculate wildly forever and <laughs> PC could sneak attack ship us little cool things that are tied to something. I related every six to nine months. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that ties back in with the calls back to the quests. Like, I'd love to see you guys do a quest where, you know, you need to find a specific eye shape, eye color to to help you finish the quest or something, you know. Um, and I think maybe you'd add some more, uh, um, you know, collaboration to the game. It's like you have to go find a, a group of gachis that'll help you with the quest. Um, so I guess it yeah. leaves the door open that way.
2: yeah i'll I'll continue thinking on it. last mm-hmm. week was very shipping oriented and security oriented so this hopefully next week we can have a little bit more breathing room well, just heading forward I'll have a little bit more breathing room on um the fun stuff because now that we've gotten most of the contract stuff out of the way, uh should have a little bit more time to think about the fun part,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see these develop and uh, looking forward to other people's, uh, you know, just the general feedback on this as we, uh, you know, as we keep developing, building this out.
4: Hey, guys. Um,
0: good morning, Harambe. Hi. How's it going?
3: Good, good. How you doing?
0: Very well, sir. Really good.
4: I actually had a side note. I know Yannick brought up... Uh, the eyes having wearable effects i've had this idea brewing in the background and i kind of wanted to get dan's technical opinion and get some brain juices flowing with the DAO. so uh i think it could be a really good token sync and add a lot of depth to our wearables but i'm worried about the token types and uh, <clears throat> how it could be implemented if it would have to be like something off chain I'm, I'm, I'm just not very versed technically but my idea is Essentially, gems that could be found or crafted in the verse. So the use would be enchanting wearables with enhancer stats. Each wearable would get X number of gem slots. You know, you could think Diablo or any other type of game like this. Uh, depending on what the community consensus is, different alchemica could work with different effect modifiers. This could add... You know, the avenue for new leveling systems like enchanting, gem cutting, and mining. There could be random event ore veins that are similar to bubble ups. So these random mineable nodes could pop up and have a small percent chance of yielding an uncut gem when you mine them. But normally they'll only give alchemica of their deposit type. So that'd be like a rare case to get the gem. And uh, you could use blank installation to cut the gems. Alternative, you could use an item to cut it. Uh, we could have gem cutting level rise with each interaction. So the higher cu- uh, your gem cutting, the higher quality cut you can make and the high- and or the higher gem class you could work with. So when it comes to enchanting, um, I was thinking that we could use the wearable buffs such as like lifesteal and stuff like that and give a small percentage. The more you enchant, the higher your level goes and the more potential buffs you unlock. Or do we just want enchanting level to have access to every buff and the level just has an effect on how extreme the buff could be? Uh, I was thinking gem type slash cut quality and enchanting level could, uh, no, I repeating the same thing there. Okay. Uh, certain gem types could be exclusive with certain buff types. So we could say like, there's a lot of fud enchantments or kek type enchantments or something. And, um, the alchemical amount required will vary for different enchantments and scale up. I'm not sure of the math on it to make it a, you know, fair and balanced. And for the massive P, pe- paid iron world that's coming, uh, the alchemica will be burned like in crafting and a chain like VRF call will occur to determine the enchantment role. So I'm thinking like basically the buff amount here, maybe the buff type, maybe we, you know, we actually say like you could randomly get the lifesteal buff or more damage to walls or range power and then a side thought disenchanting possibility. Um, so I'm just wondering like the technical implement- uh, implementation on the... Uh, yeah token types though from you because i don't want to make this whole written up document and say yeah we can't actually change you know the effects of wearables but i could see this making more people want to burn up chemica it gives more variation in the pvp aspect so like and, and i think we should be able to sell these wearables with these buffs on them so it might make the Unenchanted wearables worth a little less, I would say, but I, I think it would give a lot of value to people who go out of their way to enchant them. That's yeah, it. Um, so it. the
2: wearables uh, are ERC-1155, which means they don't have their own token IDs. Uh, at least that's, yeah, the the main difference between 721s, which are like the Avagatis, the parcels, and 1155s, which are... The wearables, the installations, the raffle tickets is those are more they're called like semi-fungible because they don't have a token ID that is associated that you can develop and build stuff on. It's they're all the same type. Just like they're basically like ERC20 tokens, except they're uh, they have a little bit extra metadata. That's the main difference. So if you if you said okay, I wanna enchant a specific um, waifu pillow with like a certain gym that would be pretty well you you could do it the gym would have to be a 721 and the uh waifu so the waifu pillow would basically be linked to the gym not the other way around the complexity was when we would need to then Take that 721 and link it over to the Avagachi so that you know that the Avogadro is wearing the enchanted uh, wearable. That would be the, the hard part, and that would be pretty, pretty complex to do, I think. So uh, one, one way you maybe could do it is the gym would like Avagachis could just have
4: slots. Yeah, I was wondering if that was a good workaround, too, you know. Um, I do like the idea of it being on the wearable, but I could see, you know, it doesn't seem yeah. like there's an easy workaround. Appreciate Actually, you explaining it would be that. Like an, it
2: would be like an extra wearable that's just for, for gameplay stuff, like a gym. You can say, okay, you get, each gachi has one gem slot they can, they can equip, basically. That would be one way to do it. It's just, you wouldn't have the the coolness of saying like, "Oh, this weapon is imbued with with this simple gem." So,
4: yeah, I just see it as like a way we could introduce, you know, like those mining aspects and other things. Because I would like it to become a full fledged RPG. Like yeah. me personally, I, I'm a gamer. Like, uh, you know, uh, I like the most advanced and the new type of games. And I see, you know, with designer Dave on the team, this going very far in that direction i could see you know 40 man like dungeons and stuff like that where you have to coordinate with you know a lot of people and that's what's going to keep people here playing yeah like not just the farming you know definitely
2: anyways thanks guys appreciate it yep yeah thanks
0: yeah interesting Uh,
2: time (laughs) says don't we have eight more slots yeah we do have a couple more slots that we can use so If we wanted to add uh, a gem slot, basically, that would be very doable, I think.
0: And and you know, it sounds like Harambe has put a lot of thought into this. This is uh, Mm -hmm. the way it strikes me is this could be an evolution of gameplay rather than initial, you know, the initial gameplay that comes out with wearables and like the battle mechanics. Yeah, uh, this could be like a layer that gets built on top as you know. Once we have things figured out with the basic battle mechanics, um, yeah, it's like even uh,
2: Diablo, Diablo two. They didn't have what they called crests, right? I think, and then Diablo two, the bow release introduced the the crests, the kind of the, the different recipes that you could do with that. So I think it's there's definitely precedent. Even Axie recently, they didn't used to have crests and stuff but they recently introduced them into their their new version so i think it's definitely something that it's a little bit more complex it adds a little bit more depth to the gameplay uh and it's definitely a good thing for like an expansion
0: yeah yeah exactly um it'll be interesting to see that if it plays out um there was one more thing I know you gotta go soon, so try and cover everything here. Um, oh, the last yeah, thing I did want
2: to bring up the the token swap. If uh, if anyone oh, yeah. has any ideas, because we are uh, we we've the thing about the token swap, we've had this idea for at least like two or three months, I think. But because of the voting power issue, we just didn't put it out because we didn't want there to be any issues with that. But unfortunately, um, the voting power just is not perfectly fixed yet but when we we did notice the community talking about all of that die and like staking the die and doing stuff with it so we felt it would be a good time to even though the voting power isn't totally fixed at least at least start kicking off the conversation and so that the community knows that we have uh kind of have this idea
0: I'm just looking at it now. Just, uh, token swap 1.75 million die from Avagachi DAO from for ghost from Pixelcraft Studios.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um I mean, are generally like we we try to diamond hands our revenue as much as possible cuz currently most of our revenue is in ghost. Um we have also, we have recently the new Alchemica stream that is quite significant. If you know, if Alchemica can hold its price up, um, we we don't really want to have to liquidate that. Obviously, the Alchemica at this state liquidating it would would not be very good. The Ghost is also something that we really don't want to liquidate if, if unless it's totally necessary. And so that's why we have the idea for the uh, the token swap. But the thing about Currently, our revenue is majority in tokens. We don't have revenue in ETH. We don't have revenue in Dai. We don't have revenue in fiat. Um, we are working on some merch. Uh, can potentially do some. Uh, we can you know sell merch in the future with with the app with Amagotchis. That would bring in some some fiat revenue, which would be very helpful. Uh, but until that's up and running, we are very very fiat poor at this point which is uh it's an it's definitely an interesting problem to have uh, we just it, we know you know we do know that the curve is kind of a source of revenue just in general for our ecosystem that doesn't uh, doesn't affect anything if it's if it's sold, so uh, I think it's a very cool opportunity that we have
3: here
0: okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a, this is an interesting proposal. I'll just read in the last bit there. Um, such operating expenses are anticipated, but we have to acknowledge that these subscriptions and invoices almost always insist on traditional banking, so fiat, and that would be for um, you know running the servers and and whatnot, other associated expenses. And you know, it's a good point you make. You prefer not to have to sell the ghost in order to achieve your growth budget. Um, I'll have to continue reading this to get more background on it, but it is an interesting um, solution.
3: Let's see some comments here.
0: Mikey J is offering to host the game servers in exchange for ghost.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, our setup is to to do this kind of, um one instance multiple server kind of setup that we have it's it's not like we have one game server or two game servers running we have an entire fleet of game servers that are bi- built on kubernetes that are auto scaling and and like uh yeah just going up and down so it's not something that you can just say oh well why don't you you guys just add add a game server right it, it's it's just not that simple I wish it were, but uh, yeah, we have quite the infra and we also rely on Redis, which is uh, Redis Enterprise, which is definitely not cheap either. And we are, there's a lot of optimization that we can do and that we are going to be looking into, like reducing the data transfer, which will be great for performance. It'll also be great for the, the budget. Uh, but at the same time, as more players come in, all those optimizations will be nullified because there'll, there'll be more data transferring anyway.
0: M Sanchez world has a, uh, a question there. What about equity crowdfunding he says uh, this is usually where companies fundraise to VCs, but equity crowdfunding mm-hmm. would make us the investors.
2: Yeah. Um, we We have not really talked about that a lot. It'd be, a lot of our user base is american like the player base is american and so any so, any sort of sort of that kind of stuff just puts a target on our back even more for from the sec um so that's why we really haven't gone with any of that kind of uh, like path forward so we, yeah we, we also we're also quite we're fairly anti VC as well which uh I mean some VCs are great and they add a lot of value but there's a lot of them out there that just they just get on your books and then they don't really add much value so we're very very um conservative about the VCs that we would we would have and and frankly we don't really want to have VCs on the books at this point anyway so that's that's why we did propose the uh, the token swap option. Doing an equity would, I mean, it would further complicate things a lot. Um, we would, yeah, we definitely prefer yeah. not to do that option at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Doctor Wagme has another interesting question. How much runway does 1.75 million give PC?
2: Right. So um, at our current burn rate, which is so we spent. We have a couple of major. We're we're mainly focused on the infra stuff stuff here because our we're moving to more uh, more of our team is going to be taking ghosts, which is great. Uh, so really, this is mainly focused on infra. Um, last month, we we paid Redis a uh, fairly fairly big amount. Oh, we're talking uh, like double double digits. We paid AWS double digits, and so. I would say uh, 1.75 mil at the current burn rate would be about, I would say, uh, if we just stayed at this rate and we didn't have any new players coming in and we didn't do any optimizations, it would probably be about 18 months because we're spending, I would say, uh, well, no, uh, probably more like 20, 22, 23 months, maybe 24 because the Redis was up front for it was kind of a flat fee that we pay them uh, until we use it, and there, the, whereas AWS is a monthly fee. So we're looking, I, w- I would say 18 to 24 months is what we would be getting out of this 1.75 mil uh, as long as costs don't go up a lot, which I don't see them going up like doubling or tripling in the next six months because we are going to be able to do a lot of optimizations. But it, it it is possible, and so that could get lowered down to to twelve months. I
0: think that's good to know. Help very helpful information. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a deeper read into the token swap, but it makes sense to me. Um,
2: and yeah, we don't other... want to have any. I was just gonna say we don't have we won't we don't really want to have debt on our books, like taking loans out. Because eventually you need to pay that kind of stuff back, even if it maybe not maybe not for like there's like negative interest loans. Uh, I'd I'd have to look more into it. All <laughs> oh, some some DeFi fancy stuff with that kind of stuff. I mean, it's cool, but there's there's always smart contract risk, and we're really just trying to have uh, a some safe funds that we know we can rely on. Um and to keep make sure that the gachi verse is gonna stay on for, for a long time. That's why we're not really that interested in like doing loans on stuff because you never know. Smart contracts the devs might introduce a change and you know, a smart contract might get hacked, then we'd be in a bad situation.
0: Yeah, don't want to compromise there. Um yeah, so just continuous discussion there in the chat about uh, about um, this 1.75 million uh, die. Um, I wanted to just touch on quickly a, a point that Hardcore uh, had brought up about possibly doing um, a tournament slash like, leaderboards for uh, channeling and collecting alchemica as a way of... Mm-hmm. You know, increasing engagement, but also maybe increasing some uh, friendly competition between between the guilds, uh, you know, channeling and collecting alchemica. And maybe that could be a segue into the Glitter leaderboards. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, about creating um, a more of a competition, you know, around collecting alchemica, and more specifically between... <clears throat> between the guilds and the game,
2: um, is there a post on that? I haven't read this specific post yet. Like, so you're basically saying a leaderboard for collecting alchemica, and which would allow you to have better guild channeling
0: yeah I mean, he didn't give me specifics on it, but just the idea of creating this competition around alchemica collecting, and maybe it is tied to some sort of uh, some sort of a reward, you know, um, whether it's on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, uh, as a way of creating more engagement between the guilds. I don't think there's an official post been made on it yet, but there should be. Um, and yeah, when yeah. there is, I'll definitely bring it up. but just wanted to get your initial thoughts on it um
2: i mean there, i think there's benefits we could give away we could do we have uh about how much ghosts there's there's like 7 million ghosts i think sitting and waiting for uh being to be used in the game so it doesn't we don't necessarily need to give away more alchemica for people who are earning out al- a lot of alchemica already there could be some sort of leaderboard for you know which how much alchemica have you collected and there could be some some ghost rewards or something like that. That
0: would be an interesting
2: one use case for for the ghost that's there.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh hardcore says he's gonna make a proper pitch for a leaderboard system and then we can kind of dig deeper into that uh moving forward uh you know moving forward the conversation Seven million ghosts. Yeah, that's a lot that's going to be committed to our ecosystem. Um, Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how that gets utilized. Um, So we got some couple more talking points. Uh, We already talked about uh, spill rates, uh, glitter. Maybe we can talk about the, the glitter token and the utility you guys are seeing for it initially on launch. Like now that everybody's stacking their glitter. What are some of the primary use cases you see for it, aside from you know speeding up? I guess speeding up the the build times would be the primary initially. That's but what primary. are some of the other ones
2: you guys are well, thinking about? Well, that's the main one. That's okay. We really haven't advertised much other utility for for Glitter Glitter. Rather than that, uh, that's the main utility for it. And then future utility, there will be other ways to spend it within uh, the game, but we're not quite there yet. That's going to take a little bit. More development to to get to that point. Eventually, we want we want it to be um, in game. You you can where you can deposit your glitter in game and use it kind of like as an in game currency in in addition to the alchemica. Because one issue with alchemica is that uh, each gachi has like a carrying capacity, and you can you can't really go over that amount. So there there's an inherent limit to how much alchemica. a Gachi can be holding in its pocket at any any moment, which could kind of limits what options it can be, what um, kind of actions it can take with that alchemica. And also, you'd, if eventually, you'll be able to die in the game. And if you die, then your alchemica would get dropped. So that's another thing. Um, but so the, for Glitter, the idea with Glitter is that we want to actually have it as a a currency that can be deposited into the game that can be used within the game that's tied to your player wallet address rather than the Gachi. So even if the Gachi dies, your Glitter would still be available in, in, in the game for you to use. Uh, so that's definitely some upcoming utility that Glitter will eventually have. And uh, as far as Glitter for replacing friends, for potentially buying raffle tickets, uh, I think that's a, I, it's a very interesting, idea we just need to think about the volatility of glitter and how how we want one glitter you know how how we want to value that as far as a raffle ticket because it's always fluctuating if uh, if we say okay one raffle ticket is 10 glitter um you're kind of tying at that point you're kind of tying the value of glitter to a raffle ticket which is a bet on the future And so it could, maybe it would, it might actually end up like hurting the value of glitter because it's being tethered to that specific thing. Uh, so I I think we should be careful with that as well, even though we definitely want to have a token that can be used for staking and we're, we're doing that with glitter, uh, but for thinking about the speculative aspect of like the future um it, we, we we need to think that think a little bit deeply as a community about the implications of using glitter for that purpose
0: yeah, that's a good point. Um do you foresee friends and glitter coexisting going into the future um, in terms of you know friends being used for raffle tickets exclusively and then glitter being used for everything else, like in terms of. Uh, utility in the game and then speeding up the structures like do you see them well consisting? yeah we would we would
2: love to just have one we would love to have like yeah. one glitter versus having friends and glitter um but we just need to make sure that i wouldn't i wouldn't want glitter's value to be brought down as, as far as basically becoming the value of of a speculation on a raffle ticket and and the market kind of determining that versus saying what it's actually supposed to be more is the value of the upgrading, which is how fast, you know, how much glitter you need to, to upgrade something. But I think it's it's still way too early to make that call yet. Because we haven't even started using glitter for its first purpose. So I think we should wait and see a little bit longer. And once Glitter is live for spending, which it should be very soon, um, we'll start to see more of. The value that pe- that the that players are gonna place on it.
0: Yeah, and it seems like the value of glitter will become more apparent over time, as you know, you actually need it more and more to actually shorten. You know, like it doesn't really matter if you're gonna shorten your build time by a couple days for a like a level one, two, or three, but it might actually make sense to shorten it significantly and spend most of your glitter on the mm. higher levels to bring that. To bring those build times down because they're so large.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Okay, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye out for that. And uh, so there was some speculation that friends would be going away after this last two raff these last two raffles. That's not a thing, right? That's not going to be happening. Is that something? Well, oh, that's
2: are gonna that's something that we all need to make a call as as a community. And right, right now um there's no movement to do that cuz we haven't even seen what's going to happen with glitter uh but i would say it, there could there could be a possibility for sure uh, that glitter could just be good enough that it can kind of take the place of friends and um uh, really what we're trying to do with with friends is incentivize liquidity provision and glitter is doing a good job of that already i think Um, I I haven't checked the recent TVL of the pools, but I think they have some numbers. That'd be be good to see that. Uh, Last time I checked, we were at like, let's see, uh, Ghost, if you get a quick swap here. I think we were at like 200K in some of the pools. Ghost FUD. Quick swap has a terrible UI for looking up the TVL.
0: Yeah, I know yeah. you guys were saying you might make some upgrades to that later um, to display the TVL. Yeah, so,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. We are definitely planning to do that. Uh, I, I have to look into how QuickSwap is calculating their their TVL. But you can definitely see there when Glitter launched, uh, the TVL in Ghost FUD it went up from 40,000, 42,000 up to 215,000. So very, very nice Increase in TVL
0: there. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and I, you know, I anticipate that number will keep going up. Um, as more people realize the need for the glitter token, to you know, those dgens out there, they're not going to be okay with uh waiting a couple days, so (laughs) they'll be spent, yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh man, there was something I had a point I was going to make, but it's it's gotten away from me now. But that's okay. Um so the that kind of gives us a good idea on where we're heading with glitter, where we're heading with friends that's something for the community to think about, do we want future utility of friends to exist or do we should we start thinking about some other way to represent the raffles and uh you know, minting tickets and whatnot. Um I personally, my opinion just right now it could change, but I think they could both coexist like I was worried about uh, friends inflation over time before the glitter announcement that we're getting more people in the game more staking happening more friends being minted, or more tickets being minted from friends. And so the chances of winning an item, I figured would be going down over time. But if there is a certain allocation going into glitter staking. Um, and not into staking for friends, then maybe that could work out. You know, still provide an opportunity for for you know just anybody to enter some raffle tickets and have a decent chance at winning, mm-hmm. rather than it becoming a whale's game of uh, who has the most tickets. Uh, yeah. So that was just my two cents on that. And then uh, lastly, when GAX? When are we thinking? I mean, is this uh, months out or is this something that we'll see when we have like uh, a launch with harvesters? Where like, mm-hmm. What's the timeline in general for that?
2: So currently our main um, dev muscle is on the front end side, contract side, like a GAX is pretty easy to implement because it's really just forking uh, a, a DEX. We've pretty much already done it. The main work is on the front end side. Um, we are working on a full reimagination of the Avagachi front end UI um, called V two, and that is something we're aiming to launch in June. That's taking up quite. That's going to be consuming a lot of dev time next month. So probably after that is done, I would I would expect uh, the GAX to be launching. That would be the next big product that we'd be. We be putting out, so that'll probably be. I would I would expect the GAX would be a July August thing, because I mean we we have a decent. The quick swap is is decent. It works. Not really. There's. I'm not happy with it in many many ways, but at least it's working for now. We we really want to get this fee two done, because it's a quite a big upgrade to the usability of the site. It's going to help help a lot of people with navigation and like learning and onboarding. So once that V2 is done, we will then, I mean, we'll be working on the GACs in tandem as well, as far as the design of it, but uh, it's gonna, it's still a couple months out, I think.
0: Yeah, good to know. It's still early develop, well, not early development, but you guys have many irons in the fire here. So I guess you can only ship so many things at once, right? I wish we had four coder dance sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, AJ AJ has a question for you. Are you guys looking to add the installations on the land bazaar?
2: Mm. Um, Oh, you mean like showing which installations are equipped?
0: Yeah, I think that's what he's saying.
2: Yeah, we we definitely are. It's a subgraph issue right now. We just we are going to be working a lot on the subgraph next week to show like which installations are equipped on a certain parcel and we'll be able to show that information a lot a lot easier. Cuz right now yeah, we don't we really can't cool. really show that information easier, yeah, that easily.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. I mean, once that's available, you can differentiate. Uh, you know, the price differences too, because you'll see. A, you'll see that it has a certain. Will you be able to see certain level uh, structures as well in the UI, or will it just say like this parcel has an altar and two harvesters?
2: Well, I think it, it should be able to say. Part of this one has like level nine, altar or level level two golden altar. Should be pretty easy to do that.
0: Very cool. Uh, one more question from Dortz. Any ETA on when we can move around installations or burn them?
2: Yeah, that's, uh, again, the contract functionality is, is done. It's just a matter of adding that on the front end. we originally planned to have that by the 18th, but unfortunately it got cut because we had to prioritize something else. I forget what it was, but... We had to cut that feature so it, sh- it should be a pretty easy thing to add in uh, just we we have it takes a little bit of dev time on the front end to add that in so i would expect by next week my my plans for next week we are hoping to have glitter upgrades live and also um at, at a very minimum removing parcel or removing alters from the parcel maybe not moving them around but because uh, actually, actually that functionality, we don't have that on the contract yet. We need to add that. That is currently not on the, the contract side. So that will need to be added. That will take a little bit longer. But removing alters from the parcel will be should be easy, easily done by next week.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I know uh, Golden Cross had said we can expect uh, like multiple... Uh, quality of life improvements over the next uh, couple weeks. So I guess that's one of the things there. Mm-hmm. Um, one question from backside.bz uh, Will the level 2 alters forever function as the level 1? Because from what I understand, there's a uh, there's some sort of a, a bug that mm-hmm. doesn't really differentiate between level 1 and 2, so you have to upgrade to level 3 to actually get the uh, the upgrade, per se.
2: Yeah. Again, the uh, subgraph. Uh, we are going to be once we have the subgraph live, we'll be able to see which exactly which parcels have, were affected by the bug, and we can make a list of all of them and then basically do a batch upgrade that will fix all of them. But currently, we don't really have a full list, and so we don't we we can't really push an update yet until we know that full list. So uh, I would expect by next week. I believe the issue is fixed on chain for new part for new alters, but yeah, the old ones will we'll need to go back and fix those.
0: Great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh I think that takes care of uh I think that takes t- takes care of most of the questions we have in the chat here. Um yeah, Harambe, does the yeah. cooldown reset after the level up? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. It's not reset it,
2: yeah uh, well, yeah, it would be it if it was if it's been eighteen hours since you channeled and then suddenly you have what is it twelve is it twelve hours or sixteen hours, however many hours it is for level three, you would be able to immediately channel after that one,
0: yeah perfect, yeah right, guys, I mean, so I'm that... gonna
2: get off here and uh yeah. get some rest and I'll see you guys. Have a great Sunday, and uh, yeah, have a, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a good week of of optimizing and bug fixing, patching, making sure that next week is super smooth in the Gatchiverse. We're going to get all the little small issues fixed.
0: Yeah, and thank you for shipping so hard. Um, yeah. Always appreciate the work that you guys do, and even you coming here, spending time with us on a Sunday morning, I guess Sunday night for you is very much appreciated. And uh yeah, get some rest and uh we'll we'll link up again uh next week, next Saturday. And uh yeah, as far as as far as I go, uh, I do not there will be no gachi space hosted by me tonight, but I think no future may be hosting a gachi space. So uh, you know, keep you there. keep an eye out for that. Okay, perfect. Uh, hey, no future. Yeah, you're on stage here. Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll host it
4: tonight. All right, guys. Okay. Later.
0: Excellent. Yeah. All right. Take care, friends. Good night or good morning. <laughs>